we would, as a, as a church body, thank God for godly servants and that we would pray for the faithfulness of those that we are considering to serve in this way and we would pray for their success in their service to the church uh, and God's glory in so doing. Would you join me standing as you're comfortably able as we uh, read God's word, Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. You know that Acts is a short history of the first years of the church and written by Luke, the ministry partner, missionary, fellow missionary, along with the Apostle Paul. And he records these words uh, uh, about the church as it is growing in Jerusalem. He writes, now in these days, when the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint by the Hellenists, those are Greek-speaking Jews, arose against the Hebrews, the Hebrew-speaking Jews, because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve, the apostles, summoned the full number of the disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the, Holy, full of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the whole, congreg- the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and of the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procurus, and Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicolaus, a proselyte of Antioch. These they set before the apostles, and they prayed and laid their hands on them. And the word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. This is God's word. You may be seated. What good are deacons? Well, deacons are of much godly good to the church when they serve well and faithfully. As the church was quickly growing in the first years after Christ's resurrection and ascension, and under the leadership of the apostles, a major problem arose in Jerusalem, which in that day was the only place where really the church was gathering at this point. The church was, here in Acts chapter 6, still composed of Jewish believers, Uh, The gospel had not yet gone to Gentiles. Peter had not had yet that visionary experience in which uh, God used to take him to that uh, Gentile man by the name of Cornelius and the gospel going out to the Gentiles yet. So at this point in time, it seems all of the believers are Jewish background followers of Jesus. But among the Jews who were now followers of Jesus in Jerusalem, there were two groups. There were Hebrew-speaking Jews and Greek-speaking Jews, or Hebrew-speaking Jewish believers in Jesus and Greek-speaking Jewish believers in Jesus. Now, this didn't seem to be much of a problem among the church in Jerusalem until the church started caring for the needy and the vulnerable among them. This was a good thing to do, to be sure, to care for widows, to make sure that women without husband or children or, or, or any sort of meaningful income, had their daily needs taken care of. But a problem arose threatening to split the church down cultural lines came up when members of the church were distributing food to the widows in need. In their process, the Greek-speaking widows were often left out of the daily distribution. Now, whether this was intentional or a result of language and culture barriers among the church, Luke doesn't tell us in the pages of Scripture, but the result of this division, the result of this neglect is clear. The church was on the brink of dividing because there were a group of women who were not being tended to. Now, the apostles, led by Peter and 
James and John were busy with the daily work of prayer with and prayer for people and preaching and teaching the Word of God there in Jerusalem, making disciples the way that Jesus had commanded them, didn't have time, they didn't have bandwidth to take care of this problem themselves. The church was at least 5,000 men strong at this point, plus women and children besides. Acts chapter 4, verse 4 tells us this. So the apostles put forth a proposition. Faced with this problem, they tell the church, they gather the whole congregation together for a members meeting. Can you imagine a members meeting of 5,000 men plus women and children? They didn't even need Robert's Rules of Order to get through that. So the apostles put forward a proposition. They say to the whole congregation, choose from among you seven godly men full of wisdom and the Holy Spirit who are well thought of by others and we'll put them in charge of taking care of this problem. The seven who are chosen, we have their names in Scripture, are not here called deacons explicitly, but the office of deacon in the church seems to flow and seems to follow from this first practice of selecting men uh, here in Acts 6 to the service. And the service of deacons, even as we see it throughout the early part of the church and even in church history, seems to follow along the same sort of pattern as these seven. So I've often called these proto-deacons, if you will. In the service of these seven, though, we find these proto-deacons having much positive impact on the church of Jesus Christ. And so I want tonight, with just a few moments that we have, as we're about to vote in our members' meeting to call seven new men to serve as deacons here, I want to outline for us the good that godly deacons are to a church, because they are. When deacons serve well in a church, they do good for the church in at least four ways that we see from Acts chapter 6. First of all, when deacons serve well... The needy get seen and the needy get served. In this case, the widows who were not getting food uh, started to get food. The hungry among the church were fed. And this is a good thing. We know from all throughout the Old Testament that God has a special concern for widows and for orphans. A quick survey of the minor prophets will tell you that. For the most vulnerable people in society, God has a heart for their care. Now, it would be a shameful sin for those vulnerable people among the church to go unseen, to go uncared for. But these first servants of the church make sure that God's heart for the vulnerable is demonstrated in tangible ways among His people. I'm reminded as we see these seven doing their work of what Jesus said in John chapter 13, verse 35. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Deacons help the whole body demonstrate that we are Christ's disciples by loving and caring for one another. Deacons are of much godly good to the church because when they serve well, the needy get seen and the needy get served. But secondly... Deacons are good for this matter, that as they serve, unity is preserved. Unity in the church is held together. I think it's easy to see in our contemporary culture that unity is a fragile thing. All kinds of groups all over the place are splitting along internal tribal lines. Unity is a, is a thing we often take for granted and maybe don't treat as well as we ought to or protect as much as we should Relationships can be torn in two by the smallest of infractions. And here in Acts chapter 6, the fledgling church of Jesus Christ was on the brink of a split. A schism like this would have probably proved disastrous to the reputation of the church in Jerusalem. Can you believe these people don't even take care of their own? As an increasing number of factions may have diluted their focus and influence there in the city. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, 
some deacons step in. These godly men, spirit-filled, trusted by the community, trusted by the body of believers there in Jerusalem, stand in the gap between disgruntled groups in the church. And by their service, they absorb the blow of the conflict. They see to its resolution. And they preserve the church's unity in Christ and in love for one another. Deacons preserve the unity of the body of Christ. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 10, This is a verse that we often read at the beginning of members' meetings. You can imagine why. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1.10, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. It doesn't take much, it seems, to split churches these days. Uh, Particularly as Baptists, sometimes we have a reputation of, of multiplying by dividing. A difference in opinion on a non-gospel issue like the color of the carpet or the chairs in the sanctuary can blow up a church overnight. We laugh about it, but we also know it's a little bit true. Deacons, deacons who serve well, have an eye out and an ear to the ground for conflict. Not because they like it, but because they know that the threat of disunity, they, they know the threat that disunity can have to the effectiveness of the gospel. A church busy with infighting over non-gospel issues is not a church that's going to be busy making disciples of Jesus Christ. Faithful deacons love the body of the Christ whole. They love the church altogether. And faithful deacons help heal cracks and diffuse dissension that threatens the bodily integrity of Christ's bride. What good are deacons? They're good for preserving the unity of the church. They're good for seeing to the needs of those who have them and meeting them. And they're also good, third, for protecting pastoral priorities. The apostles in the early church knew what their calling was, to preach and to pray, to proclaim the word and pray for the saints and pray with the saints, to declare the gospel, to call people to salvation, to assist them in their maturity in Christ, to pray for God's help in this matter, and to pray for believers. Now that, my friends will fill up your day and your brain really quickly, whether you're pastoring a church of five or 5,000. So when this problem arises in the church, the apostles realize that they don't have the cycles or the personal capacity to address it themselves. In fact, so great was the problem of food distribution that the apostles knew that they would have to set aside preaching and praying and discipling in order to meet this other need. The problem is so important, though, to address for demonstrating the heart of God and the unity and protecting the unity of the church, that the, that the apostles know they must meet this need. This need must be taken care of. So enter the help, the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, and these seven men who step into the task of serving. The church must have met together. They must have taken a list of, or excuse me, these seven must have met together. They must have taken a list of who needed food. They would have done an inventory to see what resources they had and then divided the work among one another and entrusted each other with funds and foods until the job got done. Their humble service. We don't hear anything else about these seven men serving these widows in Acts chapter 6. We hear a little bit more about Stephen. We hear a little bit more about Philip. We don't hear anything about the work that they do. And I think that's good news. Oftentimes, no news is good news. This is the last we ever hear of this conflict in Jerusalem. Why? Because the need got met. Their humble service doesn't just address what the hungry widows lack, although it certainly addresses that, but it addresses what the apostles lacked, time and the capacity to be multiple places at once. 
Godly deacons serve the physical needs of the church because they know well what pastoral leaders have been called to do. To preach and to pray, to see the discipling of the body. And friends, being omnipresent and omnipotent isn't part of a pastor's job description. In their serving, godly deacons protect pastor's priorities to lead the church's spiritual development and mission. When deacons serve well, the church makes disciples. By representing the church body to church members in need, they show, the church, they show that the church is more than just its pastors, and that's a good thing. By doing what pastors cannot do, they love their pastors and also remind pastors that they are not God and that they need help too. In meeting with these several men over the last uh, uh, many weeks and months, uh, I've been reminded by at least a couple of them weekly that, Pastor Stephen, you can't do everything, so stop trying and let us help. And that's a good thing. They love me well when they tell me that, and they love you well when they tell me that. What good are deacons? Deacons are, when, when godly deacons serve, they are good for much in the church. The needy are seen and served. Unity is preserved. Pastoral priorities are protected. But fourth and finally, at least from Acts chapter 6, we find that when deacons serve well, the lost are saved. When deacons serve well, the lost are saved. I think it should go without saying that deacons don't save anybody. Neither do pastors, neither do church members. Not a one of us saves anyone. Jesus does the saving as the gospel is preached and believed and as disciples are grown up in faith. But the explosive growth of the church in Acts chapter 6, verse 7, read that again. The word of God continued to increase and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, even to the point that a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Explosive growth of the church in Acts 6 doesn't happen if the church is in disarray, quarreling among one another with spiritual leaders that are burnt out and distracted. The humble service of the deacons that serves the needy, that protects unity, that preserves pastoral priorities, that kind of service among godly servants in the church helps the church to be all the more effective in its gospel preaching and disciple making. Expert boxers know that if they can beat down the body of an opponent, the head will eventually fall. It doesn't take a knockout punch to the temple to defeat your enemy. On the flip side, godly deacons know that even though Christ is the head of the church and nothing can dethrone him, that a strong body exalts the head all the better. And when Christ is lifted high by a healthy church for all the world to see, men and women will look on him and be saved. Godly deacons, in their humble and ordinary service to the church, serving the needy, preserving unity, protecting pastoral priorities, help to strengthen the body by God's grace so that together we can lift Jesus high, so that we can love our neighbors, so we can preach the gospel with spiritual vitality. Godly deacons help a church to have a living testimony to the unifying love and grace of Jesus that is compelling to those who know that they need it. This evening in our members meeting, Pastor Danny and I will recommend to you seven men to be installed at a later date, to serve as, to be recognized and to serve as deacons in our church. Uh, I'm, I didn't tell you guys I was going to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. If you're one of those deacon candidates, I'll, I'll ask that you uh, just stand for a moment and be recognized. So Paul Baum, Hollis Padilla, Jim Leckel, uh, Greg Klein, Ken Steffen, Nick Socklaven, 
Chris Thompson, and our other active deacon, Mark Jones as well. He's already been affirmed, but go ahead and stand and stay standing if you will. Church, if you elect these men at our members meeting tonight to serve as your deacons, I feel strongly, and not just me, but Pastor Danny as well, that you will be selecting servants who will be of much godly good to this body. These men are not perfect. Neither are your pastors. Neither are you. But these are faithful men. They love Jesus. They love His church. You've seen their testimonies week by week the last several weeks. They see and serve the needy without many of you even knowing what they do. These men, I believe, are prepared with God's help to fight for unity in our church. They will help your pastors remember our calling, and they'll help us to remember our limits. By God's grace, they will help us all to grow in strength as a church so that our lost friends and neighbors can see Jesus all the more clearly. I want you to vote tonight in our members' meeting according to your conscience. And we'll vote by secret ballot. Men, you can be seated. Thank you. Uh, So you can vote clearly and vote your conscience. But I want you to know uh, what kind of men you are looking on and uh, about whom you will be voting this evening. Uh, Men who are are not seeking the office to seek the office. Men who are not looking for a pat on the back or special recognition, but men who have already been loving the church in ways that see and serve the needy, protect unity, and preserve pastoral priorities in ways that, that we have already seen. Uh, leading to discipleship growth among our church and that I pray will lead to evangelistic growth in our church as they take care of these needs. So I entrust these men to your care and to your prayer this evening. In a moment, we're going to take the Lord's Supper, a symbol of of the unity of the church, That uh, a symbol, a picture of Christ's... Uh, what, I'll get words out in a second, of the price that Jesus paid for our salvation, but also a picture as we take this meal all together of the unity that Christ intends for His church to have. Eating of one loaf, drinking of one cup. We don't all bring our own elements to this meal. We don't all bring our favorite things to eat and to drink to this meal. We come eating one bread and drinking one cup together as a picture of the one faith that we have in the one Lord Uh, in our one Lord, Jesus Christ. It's a picture of unity. It's a picture of uh, the unity that Christ brings to the body. And it's a unity that these men are prepared to fight and to serve, to protect, so that the gospel may go out. I'd like to pray for us as we prepare our hearts to take this Lord's Supper tonight. Uh, This picture of Christ's death, burial, and uh, uh, resurrection on our behalf. Uh, This is a meal we know uh, that does not impart any special grace to us. We're not saved because we take this meal together, but it is a meal that symbolizes grace that is given to each one who is trusted in Jesus Christ. And so if you're here this evening and you're not yet a member of First Baptist West Albuquerque, uh, you don't have to be a member in order to take this meal, but this is what we do ask of you because it's what Scripture asks of you, uh, that you have made a public profession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and that you have been baptized uh, uh, publicly in a church by immersion as a profession of your faith and, uh, and identification with Christ and with His body. If you're not yet a believer and you're here this evening and, and um, uh, you're wondering what to do during this time, I invite you to just observe the time. Uh, don't take the meal with us because in taking it, if you're not a Christian, you'd be saying something about yourself that isn't true. And we want everyone to be truthful and honest about who we are and where we are with the Lord when we take this meal. 
Uh, so simply observe what those around you are doing. You'll see a room full of people who love Jesus and love his church and, and who together are proclaiming the good news of the gospel that Jesus died for sins, was raised again, and calls all people to repent of sin and trust in him that they might be saved. Uh, parents and grandparents, if you have children with you who've not made a public profession of faith, who haven't yet been baptized uh, by immersion as a profession of their faith, use this time to disciple your children. Don't let them take the meal, but remind them of the gospel. Remind them of their need for Jesus and, and ask them to watch what we're doing to see the church unified in remembering the gospel together. Let me pray for us. I invite you to pray for these men as well. And then I'll invite you to come as, uh, as I finish praying to come, receive the elements, uh, return to your seat, but don't take them yet. We'll take them all together once everybody uh, has taken them and been seated. Let's pray together.